You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, the boys invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am in Florida. Papa, Papa, honey, are you coming to Florida? Uh, it is our Barcelona preview show. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Hello, Joseph. And that guy over there, and I don't know why I said that because you can't see him, <laughs> is my work abusive stepdad, Matt Brown. Go clean your room. <laughs> Coming up today. Hey, wait, did you guys have the Jerky Boys? Did you get that reference, Pablo? Are you coming to Florida? No, I have no, no idea what you're talking about. No. Okay, moving on. Coming up today, we are previewing Barcelona. I just said that. It's the Barcelona preview show. You know who's going to be in Barcelona? Jeff Gross. And you know who's going to be on the show today? Jeff Gross. That's right. Your personal, Synergy. That's right. Your personal best friend is on the show today. Classic movie Mondays are back. This week, your homework assignment was to watch The Cincinnati Kid. And Superfan versus Stapes might not be a total dumpster fire this week <laughs> because everyone hopefully just watched the movie. Yes. Henry from Devon will be challenging me and hoping to win a 109 euro satellite ticket and an everyone loves a chop pot hoodie. Uh, guys, I don't know if you saw this or not, uh, to kick things off, television, media-related, Phil Hellmuth was on CNBC. Did you guys watch the clip? I only saw it because you sent it to me, and I, I hate to say this because I am not a Hellmuth defender or apologist. I didn't think he came across that badly. I actually think he did a decent job. I thought the interviewer came across really badly. Who he's like clearly like checking his notes for the next guest and like asking the most softball well, questions ever. First of all, which interviewer are you talking about? Because there were about five of them, <laughs> and each one got to ask a question. Yeah, and we cut to Phil, and then we come back, and then suddenly there's a woman, and then you go, "Oh, there's a woman there as well." And then it cuts to Phil, and then it comes up, and there's another guy. Like, how many people are there? They just all got one question each. And there was a really awkward bit where they basically say to Phil, you know, oh, so have you got like a tip to make us better poker players? It's like, oh, cringe. <laughs> and what is he going to... And actually, he dispensed a useful piece of advice. The patience factor. Mm. You may think that playing, you know, 30% of the hands is exhibiting patience when actually you should be playing like 10 to 15. I thought, good on you, Phil. Yeah. Some useful analysis for once. Yeah, I just thought it was funny how the first guy was like literally shuffling papers around when he's supposed to be interviewing phil and i was just waiting for the other interview to be like ever had a royal flush like all those <laughs> just like really cliche poker questions that wasn't particularly cringy but if you guys do want to cringe at something phil was involved in poker <laughs> a poker video made it to the top of the cringe subreddit thanks to phil Halmuth and a clip uh involving him on one of the other shows i do some work on so go ahead and check that out if you guys want uh Speaking of movies this week, classic movie Mondays, I went to the theater last week. Uh, a place in Hollywood was doing a double feature of Jennifer Tilly's first two Chucky movies. <laughs> and I do, you know, obviously, James, you've seen plenty of my commentary on Jen Tilly where I just completely needle her for the Chucky movies nonstop. Uh, on the other shows I do, I do it even more. <laughs> Um, and so I decided I was going to go out to watch these two movies. And I have to say, 
I really enjoyed them. <laughs> um, Which movies are these? This is not the original Child's Play. This is what, Child's Play 8 and 9 or so basically, 13 and 15? Okay. Basically, Child's Play 1, 2, and 3, they're trying to go serious. They sort of reboot it with the fourth one, which is called Bride of Chucky. This is where Jen starts. Okay. Uh, after that comes the seed of Chucky, where they go completely <laughs> off the wall, where uh, Chucky and Jennifer have a baby, a doll baby, <laughs> God. which struggles with its gender identity. <laughs> And whether or not it wants to be a killer, and it's English. <laughs> it's fucking bizarre, but it just sort of works because the movie, you realize the movies aren't taking themselves very seriously. Are you sure you haven't and, been watching Rick and Morty again? Because that sounds suspiciously like one of their plot lines. It, it really is. It's super bizarre. And Jen plays herself in the second movie, what? like actress Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, it's all, got, it's all the, gone Ocean's Twelve, hasn't it? I was going to say happening? it's kind of. I can't work out whether that's postmodern or just up its own ass. <laughs> well, it's kind of like uh, remember the Freddies uh, when the glove comes to life when it's the movie prop. No, I the think I disengaged with nightmare West, stuff by then. Wes Craven's new nightmare, basically like Jennifer Tilly is shooting a movie about the dolls. Oh and, God! Yeah, so uh, anyway. If you can get past all of that, uh, I thought it was really fun. And the thing is, I had this plan that I was going to grab that little recorder we got for me to do the Kevin Hart interview, and I was going to get Jennifer to do some horror movie race situations. And I was ill-prepared for just how popular these movies are. She was mobbed. Wow. She was totally mobbed by legit fans of this horror franchise. And I, w I thought, like, I would just be able to go up to her and get five minutes. I felt guilty taking away time from these people who were, like, real fans to pull her aside to do this interview. Was it all horror and movie fans, or were there any poker fans there? No poker fans, from what I could tell, mostly because I didn't get recognized. But uh, <laughs> later that night, oddly enough, I, I took my date out for a couple of drinks and Jamie Gold was running around the bar i was at oh random wow yeah and the thing is like I, I won't say much more than this but the waitresses at the i was friends with two of the the, the waitresses that worked there and she was like oh yeah we know him <laughs> <laughs> say no more um thank you to everyone by the way who tweeted in response to last week's show amazing how many people have clearly been bereft of entertainment for six weeks and yeah. we're so grateful for the return of poker in the ears which is the hashtag you should be using on twitter by the way quite a lot of people last night uh, alerted us, Joe, to the existence of the first trailer for Molly's Game, Aaron yeah. Sorkin's directorial debut, uh, which I immediately watched. Uh, I thought I'm really worried about this because you've got a friend who makes movie trailers, and I really hope it wasn't your friend who cut this because it's shite. It's one of the <laughs> worst edited movie trailers I've seen in a long time, and I really hope it's not indicative of the visual style of the final film. I don't think my friend cut it because he would have told me. So okay, that's, that's good. That's all I can think. I did. I watched the trailer. I didn't. It didn't seem noticeably noticeably bad to me. I did have a weird feeling about it though, and I don't know if you guys ever experienced this, but when I was a kid, I had a best friend, right, that I hung out with all the time, and then once a year he would throw a birthday party, and like all these other kids would show up, and I would get really jealous, and I would be like, "He is my best friend. What the fuck are you people doing here?" And I get the same sort of feeling when i see like a mainstream movie about poker i'm like no no this is my thing 
I don't want the rest of you to share this with the rest <laughs> no, of you. No, Joe, we genuinely do want them to start getting interested in poker this is a positive thing for the game albeit surrounding a slight criminal element i think the film looks interesting i think many people know the story they know the background and many people have read the book that it's based on look i love aaron sorkin as a writer i'm intrigued to see what he can do as a director and i'm pretty sure that molly's game when it finally comes out will be the subject of one of our classic movie mondays (laughs) can't wait hey uh matt Yes. Have you got have you got the social media beefs music ready to go here? Because there is a there is a social media beefs is back Man, in a do you big know way. Let me just dust this off and see if it still works. Hey, yeah. it's been a while, baby. I thought we axed this feature. Well, James, you had to go ahead and start a Twitter feud <laughs> with the biggest name in poker. Now I don't know if ratings are down. I don't know if you hired a PR agency. <laughs> But James and Daniel Negreanu are feuding hard. Oh, God. What prompted this, by the way? This tweet from Daniel came from nowhere. (laughs) Daniel tweets to say, You realize that no one in the entire world has used the word penultimate more than you, James Hardigan. (laughs) It's likely not even remotely close. Interesting reactions to this one, and I do think that there is definitely an Atlantic Ocean divide here. I do think the word is clearly more common over this side than it is on your side, because all the people who came onto Daniel's bandwagon, all the people who agreed with him were from places like Nebraska. (laughs) Well, in Nebraska, they like to use three separate small words (laughs) in place of one big word. Penultimate, first of all, it's got the word penis in it almost. Uh, secondly, uh, why would you say penultimate when you can, can say second to last? Because penultimate sounds better. It does, I will say that, look, you know me and that I'm a little bit more worldly than some of my, uh, my uh, American brethren. Penultimate, for some reason, does come across kind of hoity-toity. I don't know why. Maybe it's the accent. Um, but I can... I have to tell myself to shut it down. Shut it down, American. Just because he's not spouting home of the whopper doesn't mean it's hoity-toity. Well, but then I'm going to James- use your line, Joseph Stapleton, which is if you don't know what it means, read a book. Read a book. Well, J- then James fires back oh, at wow. Daniel. Oh, gosh. Does this, he? The feud continues. <laughs> really? It's commonly used in the UK, especially by writers, journalists, broadcasters, and sports commentators. Will concede I overuse fuck, which, <laughs> which in my mind actually doesn't mean he overuses the word fuck. Uh, it means that he just over he just is a sex addict. Too much of it, <laughs> just too much of it, day and night, unbelievable. But but this feud, James. I mean, what is going on here? Is when you I say mean, feud, he, you mean Daniel tweeted something randomly. I replied. And that's as far as the conversation went. Oh, but isn't I know, the it's silence? Oh, the that's silence right. is burning. It's so apparent yeah. the tension there. Otherwise, you just talk it out. But weren't you intrigued? What was Daniel watching slash listening to that inspired this? Is he still listening to this podcast? Yeah, I think he still listens to the podcast. Hello, Daniel. Daniel. Is a poker fan. <laughs> Daniel's a poker fan, I think, which uh, well, which is kind of cute. Well, Daniel, I hope you are listening because you do realize that this is the penultimate podcast <laughs> before we are done with the PokerStars Championship Barcelona, which we will get to very shortly. Um, Joe, what's happened to your suit? Okay, so you guys know that I've had more wardrobe fuck-ups and malfunctions than any, probably, presenter in the history of the world. So... 
uh, last week I decided I was going to go to my dry cleaner and pick up uh, pick up my suits. And I went in and gave them the the phone number deal, and they go, "We don't um, we don't have anything of yours here." And this really worries me because the guy that I dropped my suits off to is actually a big poker fan and, um, you know, recognized me. And so I know that they probably aren't going to fuck up my shit. And I was like, holy fuck, I have no idea where my suits are. They could be in any hotel room anywhere around the world if I have forgotten them. Um, so I went home and later that day I went and picked up uh, my regular laundry at the laundromat, at which point I discovered I had accidentally left my suit in the laundry basket and that and that yeah well and that suit now has been run through a regular (laughs) wash and dry cycle and i'm so fucking terrified that the suit is wrecked so i take the suit back to the dry cleaners have them press it now apparently what happens when you send a suit through the wash is that it doesn't wreck it but it does shrink it <laughs> oh no. And let's be honest, a lot of your clothes are slightly tight anyway. They are slightly tight, but listen to how good I run. The when I got that suit, I got it in a hurry and I didn't have the time to have the pants tailored exactly and they kind of hung over my shoes a little bit. <laughs> they have shrunk to the point where they fit exactly perfectly now. <laughs> I think we should let the audience be the judge when they see you doing the player introductions on final table day in Barcelona, when they see your winner's interview. I want everyone to pay particular attention to the fit of Joe Stapleton's jacket and trousers. Yeah, if it looks like Mr. Bean has taken over, then you know that something went wrong at the laundromat. Anyway, all I'm saying is I run pretty good at life despite being a total fuck up. (laughs) Well, we've mentioned it a few times. Shall we delve deeply into the event, the place that is Barcelona? Yes, the PokerStars Championship Barcelona is already underway. We are heading there this weekend. We have got five days of live streaming lined up for your viewing pleasure. We will be on PokerStars TV from Wednesday the 23rd of August all the way through to Sunday the 27th. Five days of the main event concluding with Cards Up coverage of the final table on the Sunday. Looking forward to it, guys? Pumped? Yeah, yeah, I must say, I I really struggled as much as some of our listeners when they said, I really missed the podcast. I've really missed working and being paid. Like, more than anything, more than I can imagine. So, yeah, to get back into the swing of it, especially Barcelona, which I think is still, like, my favorite location. So, yeah, bring it on. I got about four emails in my inbox saying, your Gamefly account has been suspended. Your, Your Xbox Live account is in the rears. Um, I got about three or four different things that have been, my iTunes in order to download um, the Cincinnati kid. I had to re-enter some new credit card information. I too am ready to go back to work, but 
Apart from I the am... financial incentives. Oh, yeah, I, look, fine. I, yeah, fine. <laughs> I really, I really like Barcelona. Barcelona is a great atmosphere. Everyone's in a good mood there. Um, you know, we are very busy when we're on location. However, Barcelona is one of those places that when you can go, there's plenty of places near the casino that we can go out and have a nice dinner or two. Um, I'm excited for the, this. We're actually going to be around for this DJ Z party, right? Yeah, let's talk about the schedule, shall we? Because we talked about the five days of coverage. I think you guys arrive on the Monday, the 21st. Correct. Well, unfortunately, you're going to miss the drinks evening on the 20th, which <sighs> is the qualifiers. They did this thing in Monte Carlo for the first time where anyone who's actually won their seat online gets to go to a kind of special kind of qualified drinks reception mm, nice. with some members of Team Pro. I think I'll be able to go to that one as well. But there's a lot of qualifiers coming to Barcelona. More than 400 people have won their seats for the main event wow. in uh, various promotions. Of course and James we... is going to do a shot with each and every one of you. <laughs> oh, God, I don't think I could manage more than two. Uh, but yes, it's going to be... Uh, should be a busy main event. Should be a busy festival. It always is Barcelona, and that does mean long days for us. It does mean it's a pretty grueling event. But there are the fun bits as well, including, as Joe mentioned, the official player party, which is on the evening of the 21st, which Zed is going to be DJing. He's doing a 90-minute set at the party and this is a return to those kind of big poker stars parties of old and should be something really really special super and for once we'll be there just about in time will you save me a couple of vip wristbands i've if you make, <laughs> there's if, no answer there if you'll, you make you'll, it you'll worth notice. my while oh gosh i feel like uh that this party has been hyped so much that it's actually like wouldn't be frowned upon for us to go like sometimes i feel like oh, let's do the responsible thing and not go to the party. But I feel like we can pretty much justify this one as like an actual work obligation. And, and I question. think we have to talk about it on the next podcast. It's research. Well, it's research. And also, don't forget, Joe, there'll be some ladies there. And you know what ladies love? They like a man in a tight pant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, people who aren't going to Barcelona are saying, that's fine, what about me? Well, in addition to watching five days of the main event, we're going to have five days of free rolls. Now, we aren't running the bounty bonus because we're in Barcelona, and you might understand that Spain is what we call a regulated market, which means that Matt, Joe, and I can't play on PokerStars while we're in Spain. So we've got something a bit different to that. The free rolls, the standard password-protected free rolls, will run every day at 9.15. European time and we'll reveal the password on the stream that day but in addition at 5pm every day we are going to have a PokerStars TV Sunday Million Live satellite because of course that event is just around the corner this is the on live tournament where you can play day one online or you can play it live at king's casino rosvedov and then the Ooh. entire field comes together on day two which is when we start streaming it in early september we are going to give away every single day in one of these satellites 20 220 euro sunday million live tickets wow what every and wow. this satellite costs one stars coin so it's an effective free roll just going to cost you one stars coin to play this free roll and potentially win a 220 euro ticket to sunday million live this is uh, such bullshit i put all my stars coin in the little dish at the register for people that <laughs> were short one stars coin i didn't even keep any of mine well once again joe i wouldn't worry about entering this because you are going to be streaming the last two days of Sunday Million Live from Rosvedov on the 3rd and 4th of September. So make sure you write down those dates in your calendar. You know what I'm lo most looking forward to about Barcelona? And Matt, I don't know if you've experienced this yet, but have you come with us to the restaurant where you get a massage while you eat? 
No, is this is this like mythological, like the cheese bowl <laughs> restaurant in Doville? Is this something you guys are just trolling me with? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if it still exists, but it did at one point exist. It's kind of like our little tradition is that James and I buy massages for various other people who aren't ourselves in hopes of getting them in return. What I will <laughs> say about this restaurant, though, Joe, which is one of those ones facing the beach, is that they can't cook meat properly. Do you remember? Even, even producer John... They won't John, leave it on the grill for an hour and a half. Like even even producer John, who likes his steak rare, sent it back because it was still fucking blue. <laughs> Wow. First world problems. Um, I did mention that there will be a podcast on location. Poker in the ears and eyes. We'll probably shoot that on the Friday. So you can expect to see it on the live stream during the tournament breaks on the Saturday or Sunday. And then, of course, we'll release the audio version after the event. We've got uh, Finton and Spraggy, the two new members of Team Online, lined up for that one. Uh, Finton Hand and Benjamin Sprag. Plus, I guess we'll have some various Barcelona bits and pieces to talk about. I feel like Fenton and Spraggy should be driving around in a van solving mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> or should it be like one should be a hippopotamus and the other one's like an elephant? Who would have thought they'd become friends? Fenton and Spraggy! <laughs> um, one thing you've not mentioned, James, and I don't want to put you on the spotlight, but you've not mentioned any fun. Hashtag stars fun. Yeah. Well, there's the player party. I think there's some other activities going on. There's virtual reality. I think there's some water skiing trips. Nothing that we're probably going to be able to do, though. Well, no, but I always like to know what I'm missing. So it's important for me to like just get slightly angry about all the amazing things that I can't join in with. So I just wanted to check there were some. Other people get stars fun. We get stars pair bills. Yes, that is very true. So, yeah, (laughs) Fenton and Spraggy on the next podcast. But shall we introduce the guest on this week's podcast? Yes. Yeah, okay. He is the newest member of Team PokerStars Pro. Very soon he will be setting sail on Streamboat. But before that, he is in Barcelona for the PokerStars Championship. So let's go live to Spain and say welcome to Poker in the Ears, Jeff Gross. How's it going, fellas? How is Spain, Jeff? (laughs) Uh, Well... We're not there yet, but I've oh. been there before. I'm getting there tomorrow, so I think there's a little miscommunication flying out today, so I'll be in there morning tomorrow. So where are you at the moment? I am in, I think, probably right where Joe is, because we <laughs> saw him yesterday. I'm in Key Biscayne, but South Florida, like just below Miami, and then I was I was at the, uh, the Hard Rock playing some events there, and I did little bit of the commentary for the big four yesterday for the the 25k so let me get uh, this right you're in the same hotel as joe stapleton right now kind of yes and no no you're on two two separate skype connections from the same place (laughs) no No, he's down the road a little ways now yeah i did have a room there but i left i'm I'm at my place i'm in key biscayne i'm with uh, my wife in florida south florida i was good i saw joe yesterday though we did he did come on the vlog a little you know we, we were we were bonding joe and i are becoming closer we said i think we're gonna go for maybe even dinner or drinks in barcelona so we, we're, we're, we're gonna we're, try we're, to build we're a building. real friendship yeah yeah we're building we're building well, so he's so not good. in barcelona james but he, you know arguably more people speak spanish in south florida so well yes that's true <laughs> obviously jeff we were off air for six weeks when it was announced that you were joining team pro so belated congratulations on becoming part of the roster Thank you very much. It feels good. It does. I'm excited for the future and, and just in general being part of Poker Stars. It's definitely it's awesome. It's a great feeling and I'm looking forward to the live events and to be on Twitch and, and playing a lot more online even this year as well. So it's exciting. 
Jeff, what are your sort of uh, your goals in uh, getting signed by Poker Stars? What is it that you would like to accomplish? Um, I mean, really, just kind of doing what I was doing, just trying to build poker, just have it be more, you know, not not to be cliche, just kind of more fun, have people enjoy it, and like doing doing vlogs and being on Twitch, and I get a lot of have people come up, and I saw them at, especially at the World Series, just being in one place for a for a month or five weeks in a row. But seeing people say, you know, I really, I like the vlogs or I, I like watching on Twitch. It's got, you know, it's fun for me. It's made it to come back. And, you know, I see that a lot too. I was seeing that with Jamie Staples down in Bahamas uh, where guys would come up and like, it actually surprised me. Uh, like people would say, oh, I see, I, they would, Jamie would say, what's your name on Twitch? Or and they'd say, oh no, what's Twitch? Or they'd say, like, I, you know, we watch it on YouTube. Like we've seen you on YouTube and we like. This, the content and stuff so and i think it's just i think poker is growing i think it's the lot there's numbers that are up a lot live um and, and it's kind of one of those things where i just think that poker is kind of having another boom and it's one of those it's getting more of a positive light now poker after dark's coming it just seems like all the tournament stops there's some bigger guarantees there's some new faces and, and i think it's kind of uh, being accepted more of like a skill game and it's kind of fun where you don't have to play for a living a lot of people who really enjoy it they come and they you know they want to feel comfortable and accepted to come in not be scared or have people tank forever uh, and, and be kind of like nasty at the table which can happen sometimes I've seen it you know so it's I think that's just kind of what I want to put it back in a positive light and help uh, poker to get the kind of put in the right light for everyone I'm so, so I'm just trying to help that I'm so glad you mentioned that because uh, you have a reputation for this, and I have a I had a friend, an insider on the Streamboat One, who said that Jeff Groves is all about the positive vibes only. I should probably save this question for our, our dinner date, but uh, I don't know anything <laughs> about uh, where where you come from, where you grew up, what led you to become buddies with Michael Phelps and to Baltimore. Can you give us like a quick bio? Yeah, sure. I was uh, so born born and raised in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, I was there pretty much, I was there my whole life until college, but I met Mike, I think it was, so it was like freshman year of college, but in Windsor, Canada, which is just literally over the border of Detroit, you drive over the tunnel or, or well, you drive through the tunnel or over the bridge. There's two options and it's like a 25, 30 minute ride from Ann Arbor and you can be 19 to play poker at the casino there. And so, and this was like actually right before, I think they didn't even have the Detroit casinos with like, there's three of them now. There's like a year or two after, uh, that, but, um, that, that's where I went up and was playing. I met him there at playing at a table and I didn't even know, um, you know, I didn't know that he was a swimmer or anything. Like I was going there in the summer, I was playing a lot. And then we were playing the 10, 20 game. Like I was short by it and he was there and, we kind of actually, so we exchanged numbers because he was like, oh, I'm from Ann Arbor. This is a true story. You guys, are playing, you guys are playing 10, 20, no limit? Well, so uh, there's one, two, two, five, and then there would be like a Friday 10, 20 game, but it was a show you could buy in for 600. Was the show. Was a, oh, wow. <laughs> was the, yeah. So I, I was, uh, I would genuinely go play one, two for, I put some six sessions in live, like 24, 36 hour ones like back then. And I would, I'd had some pretty crazy run ups, like one, two, but I would go sit like, with a thousand at five at the ten twenty <laughs> and try to you know and it was it was an insane game but the funniest part was I so I met Mike and 
we we were talking we got each other's number and i went i went on vacation for a week it was a summertime like and then i got back i had a voicemail from him he's like yeah let's go up do you want to go up to the casino or message me when you get back so i messaged him and then he came and picked me up and we instead of taking two cars and we rode up there and he picked me up in a a seven series bmw and you know we're 19 and i was like um and then i was like uh what's this about i was like i know this isn't from poker because i had played with them a couple times <laughs> right? and and uh and that was it and then we just became very friendly and then as soon like literally when i graduated south carolina um he he came down to south carolina and we packed up my stuff and drove from south carolina to baltimore and i moved in it was like the end of 2008 and then was there for a long time and then uh he got engaged married and i got engaged married uh, i got a place in vegas he actually went a year before the last olympics to arizona for uh to train because his coach who was there um coaching him took a job at arizona state so he went there and they kind of just really liked it there and he got a place and settled down there so now he's there and i have a place between miami and vegas and that's it i mean we still obviously hang out and i was just there with them last week in arizona but it's uh it's a lot less he has a baby and you know it's a it's it's different times but it was it was a blast uh during those times a lot of traveling a lot of good good memories and trips and it's not like it's over but it definitely life happens and being married and having kids and stuff it's sort of uh it's just less of a fraternity i mean it was a while and it was just i mean it was crazy it was great times it was like six years of it was a lot of fun see this is the mistake i'm making i'm trying to become friends with all these celebrities after they're celebrities and jeff gets them (laughs) before they become celebrities that's the key yeah, yeah, and, it, and yeah. it's worth it's worth warning now that Joe is definitely going to get a lot more out of this potential best friend scenario that he's scheming up. So just just watch yourself, Jeff. I don't know if that's true. I think it could be a symbiosis. I don't know. We'll see. So Jeff, we've got two big events coming up. You're on your way to Barcelona. You've been to Barcelona before, right? This isn't the first time for you. So I've been a few times, but I have not been for the series actually, just because it actually falls in. And uh, Burning Man, I don't know how familiar you guys are with that. But oh, we're aware of not, it. That, okay, good. No, I mean, I don't like to assume, but good. That's that was that's good. I'm glad. Well, bear in that mind is, that we uh, all that's... follow poker players on social media, Jeff, and it's all they talk about for a fucking week. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Yeah, no, that's so. Uh, Burning Man, it, I think it kind of conflicts. I think you could do it. Like, um, I guess you could, even this year, I think it's even might even work better where it like ends and then you could i mean you could always go for a couple of days so i think that's kind of been just why because i usually do the florida one it, it's down here and then just go to burning man but um this year i'm actually skipping burning man and the, the only reason i really want to mention burning man so much is that's where i met my wife walking in the middle of the desert like and we weren't in the same camp or anything so three years ago it was her first time my first time and we just walked we were walking by each other and and she walked past me and then i turned around she turned around and went back and talked to her and then she showed up at our camp at noon for the barbecue the next day, and that was it. Oh, my got- God. This is so – like, I wanted to know how you met your wife, and I'm really – because Antonio invited me to go this year. That's he. Yeah, he tried four years. He was telling me to go. I didn't – finally went, and then I just – and then that was it. I just shut it down. So if you're – you know – Joe, you should, you're not guaranteed to meet the woman of your dreams, it's not okay? 100. It's, exactly. It was 100 for me. It was, It happened to be 100%, because it was one for one, but I, I wouldn't guarantee it. But it's a fun place, man. You got to go. Maybe we just go next year. Hopefully it doesn't conflict with anything next year, because I do really want to go. Plus, it's going to take me about four years to save up the amount of money <laughs> it costs to go to Burning Man. So, Jeff, <laughs> after you go to Barcelona, I guess it's all about Streamboat 2. What can you tell us about the sequel to Streamboat? 
well, I can tell you Streamboat 1 was kind of just, it kind of was a whim and just sort of, um, you know, we had done Stream House I did with Jamie, Kevin, and Matt. And then Bill, we, I want to say it was at uh, PCA last year, I think, and was like kind of, we were talking, we were around, we were talking about something. I was like, oh, what, what, it's kind of like, what, what do you think about doing it, going down to the, the, the BVIs or doing it on a, down there? And then Bill's like, yeah. And, we started, it just kind of happened, like, let's do Streamboat. Then Kevin, obviously, was supposed to come, and then he had Big Brother, um, too, which was nice. Good job, good for him to go since he won it. That worked out pretty well. Um, so that was, like, that was it. We were just sort of like, all right, let's do it. And we were there. We were kind of on a boat. We had a couple of contestant winners, but it wasn't really super well thought out. Like, it was just kind of like a, an idea. And then we said, let's bring get some people down there. We did a contest, too. But this time around, you know, Poker Stars is really getting involved. They are gonna be helping out a lot and we're actually gonna have six contestants come down not just two and it's gonna be they're gonna have the opportunity to send in a video like up to a minute video there's some home game qualifying so you know it's gonna be pretty it should be pretty cool so it'll be two sets of three coming down for uh during the week i believe of the 11th to the 17th and you know it's gonna be on the boat there's gonna be more activities planned there's gonna be uh, a lot more action because this time it falls during w coop Whereas last time it was just like a random week, so I mean this is going to be going to be kind of overload. And this time we're getting a house in the BVI instead of just like so. Last time we stayed at Bill's place, which is awesome, but it's in St. Thomas, which is the USVI. So like we would basically hop on the boat, we'd go through customs, we'd go play from the British Virgin Islands in the boat. This time, what we're going to do is actually get a house. So like we'll be hard, we'll be hard lined. We there's fiber optic not on there, so we'll have like a house with the internet really nice place gonna be fun to play from but then we'll also be going out on the boat but it won't be like we have to wake up go down to the dock ride out to go get online we'll either just be online or um we'll already be in the bvi so it's going to be a lot more conducive to streaming and there'll be a lot more going on and there'll be a lot more guys playing and doing stuff so i mean it should be a it's it's really going to be like three weeks of action but like it'll be one week of contestants coming down for like officially I guess stream boat, even though all of us will be streaming from the house for the BVIs and hopping on the boat during that time. James, can you imagine having to commission like a Captain Quint? Like, but instead of to kill a shark, you're like, we got to go out and to play online poker. Arr. 12 <laughs> men twelve men went into the pool, only five made it out. I could easily yeah. see Bill Perkins at sea turning into Quint. <laughs> Bill's We're not funny, coming man. back until someone final tables. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, Bill is funny. He lo- and he loves it there. He's on the boat all the time. And I will say this: so the BVI, St. Thomas, that whole area. I mean, it's stunningly beautiful on the boat. Like it's not. So you go to Miami or the Exumas or some places, and you're riding around on a boat, which is like it's fun. Obviously, it's something to do. It's different, but this is like. I mean, there's really not another place that I've seen backdrops like this. Like, it's just huge mountains in in between. You're splitting. It's gorgeous. There's, like, some cool stops down there. It's It really is nice. So I think the people that come down to, hopefully it'll be their first time. Or even if not, like, they'll, I'm sure they'll have a blast. I mean, it'll be, it's like people coming from Twitch. And it's Jamie, Kevin, Matt, Mike McDonald's coming down. He's coming for part of it as well. And then Bill. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be a lot, lot going on. And. It should be a really good time. And also, yeah, during W Coop, so some good opportunities for a big score or a big, uh, you know, good deep, good run should be should be fun. So well, we have plenty of chances to do it. 
you can expect a submission video from me as well as several of my alter egos. So um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna well, do like my chances. best. I do like your chances on that. That should be fun. That should be a good, uh, that'll be fun. I mean, it's a minute videos and it does, I wouldn't say it's really like a screening process, but it's almost like, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting someone that's really going to genuinely want to be there. It's not, it's not just like, Oh, make the final table and you get down there. It's kind of like, well, there's going to be some parameters and then they get to send in a video and kind of everyone gets to kind of unanimously decide who they think would be good to come down. So, I mean, it should be fun. And, It'll be uh, it'll be open. I think some of the guys are streaming on .com. Some are going to be on .net. So there'll be some chances for USA uh, as well as I mean everyone really. That if you get in the home games, you have a, you have a good chance uh, to submit the video. So it should be it'll be a lot of work to watch the videos, but it should be fun. You get to spend uh, possibly a week with Jeff Rose as your personal best friend. That is the nickname. <laughs> That's how I became uh, you became uh, made aware to me. Uh, Jeff, Antonio always calls you the PBF, the personal best friend. And I was hoping uh, that you would play a game with us uh, to close things out here. It's the PBF game. I'm going to name a person. You tell me who their PBF was. Wait, like as in... Uh... Okay, I, I think I get it. So, who their best friend is, or one exactly. of exactly? Jeff, trust me. Okay. As far as Joe's games go, this is one of the simplest he's ever come up with. <laughs> okay, I, um, I think I get it. And PBS stands for professional best friend. It's not like your best oh, friend. Oh, prof- I mean, I mean, sorry, professional mean, best yeah, friend. Excuse me. It means like you're kind of like every, you know in the top five or one of the closest. So, like when you say, oh, perfect. Pre- so this makes it even easier. I don't have to say their best friend. I'll think of someone that's very good friends or something. Exactly. Close, so that's, that actually right. works even this better works for the out game. Better. And you've yeah. got three lifelines. If you want to use them, you can Hector Hardigan, you can beg a Broughton, or you can jingle your keys at a Giles. Giles is our engineer. So if you need some help, you can right. uh, do any of those things. Question number okay. one, who is the professional best friend of Sherlock Holmes? Oh, jingle. Who can I, what's that? Who do I call? I don't even know. He, he's jingling Holmes. his keys at a Giles. Yeah, someone help. I don't know. I don't know Sherlock Holmes that well. I've okay. Seen that movie, but we await to hear from Giles that. via the miracle of modern technology. I think I should know this too, but just say the answer, Giles. Giles says, "Doctor Watson." <laughs> you're on. You're on the board, Jeff Gross. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> Question two: Who is the professional best friend of Bart Simpson? Bart. Oh man, this is bad. Uh, <laughs> just been spending. This is what happens. Poker players just spend their use like at poker tables. <laughs> Bart Simpson. Um, it, what can I, his sister? Uh, they didn't get along, did they? I don't know. I I need to call. I'm gonna call someone else. Hardigan. <laughs> I yeah, be- you have to hack the Hector Hardigan. <laughs> Hector Hardigan. Um, I believe the answer is Millhouse. Yes. Millhouse. I know is correct. When I hear it. I know when I hear it. All right. Jeff, you're you're two for two. Thank you. Who's my other lifeline? Uh, you have one left. You can beg a Prout and Matt Prouten on the line with you. Hi. Beg a Prout. All right. <laughs> Good luck. All right, Be let's... ready. Be ready. Here we go. <laughs> Who is Fred Flintstone's professional best friend? Barney. Barney Rubble is correct. Okay, Jeff's on the board was, on his own. That was a legit one. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to... Who is Shaggy's professional best friend, Jeff? Scooby. Scooby-Doo is correct. Nice. You guys, uh, let's see. How about uh, this one's pretty current. Who would you include as one of Justin Timberlake's professional best friends? Um, 
They appear a lot on television together. Mm, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'd go Jessica Biel because it's his wife. They're friends. Does that not count? Lovers, friends? No, oh, man. Jeff, Gross, he's too sweet. We're not going to give it to bell. him. I didn't hear the bell. I didn't hear the bell. We're looking what for Jimmy it? Fallon there. Ah, let's let's do out. one more. We'll do it a poker related one. Hmm. Who is a professional best friend? Two acceptable answers here. Who is a professional best friend to Eugene Kachalov? Oh, is it uh, Elkie? Elkie, Elkie is acceptable. I'm going to consider that a win. That's a score of five-one. That was pretty good. What is the one we missed? I could have got. I think that was yeah. Jessica Biel doesn't count, I guess. Even though, I don't know. We'll just take it. Five and one seems good. <laughs> I'm gonna That's I'm fun. gonna read off the other names of questions I skip because I'm having mercy on you. You tell me if you think you could get any of them. Uh, second President John Adams. No. <laughs> King Arthur. Mm, no. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, Cliff Cleveland, Timmy Martin, Chucky Sullivan. <laughs> who's, who's Chucky Sullivan? Chucky Sullivan was a character from a movie called Good Will Hunting. Clues in the title. Uh, okay, all right. Let's just stay. Let's cut that out and go with five and one. We're gonna go with five and one. <laughs> Jeff Gross, Jeff, thanks a lot for being on the show. We'll see you in Barcelona, buddy. All right, see you guys. So huge thanks to Jeff Gross. Look forward to catching up with him in Barcelona. Now this week. We have a very special edition of our Let's Go Into the Lobby segment because we have a very interesting announcement to make. I am so legit excited for this, James. Please tell them, but also tell me so I have all the details right. <laughs> okay, I cannot take the credit for this. This was the idea of our executive producer, Francine. Uh, we were throwing around some ideas of what we could do to mark the fact that our 100th episode is coming up at the end of September. It's only my 99th episode, but whatever. <laughs> so to mark the 100th episode, we thought hey, maybe we could do like a, an online free roll and like have like bounties on us. And not being funny, we are going to do that. But we're going several steps further. Um, she floated the idea of doing the show live on stage in front of an audience at the Hippodrome in London with a poker tournament afterwards, giving away a package to the PokerStars Championship Prague National event. Um, and it's happening. How, how on earth has something that ambitious so quickly been, like, greenlit? Just, everyone must just love the idea. That's all I can imagine. That's yes. what happens when the executive producer has an idea. It happens. <laughs> everyone loved the idea. The Hippodrome is booked. We are going to be in the theatre of the Hippodrome in London's West End on Tuesday the 26th of September. Episode 100 of this podcast will be performed <laughs> live on stage. It will then be recorded as well. And if you want to be there to watch the show being recorded and play in this poker tournament afterwards from tomorrow, I should say rather from Friday the 18th of August, so effectively from this weekend, you can claim your tickets for free via the Stars Rewards Store. Wow, and and and, and what's the, how many? How many how many humans can we get two. in there? Well, two per pl two per customer. Two, two humans. <laughs> oh, that's more like one of Joe's stand-ups on one of my gigs. Our capacity is not two. 
Our capacity is around 150, but I'm not going to fool ourselves. Uh, we only have the ability for 80 people to play poker, and I'll be very happy if 80 people want to come to the Hippodrome, watch our show, and play in this free roll. So yeah, we're going to have some guests on stage. Jake Cody from Team Pro is going to be there. Hopefully we'll have some surprise guests. Lots of more details to be revealed. Haven't got everything sorted yet, but the key information is that this show is happening. We're going to do it live on stage. We'll do it live! The audience will be able to ask questions of our guests. One person in the audience is going to get to come on stage and compete against Joe in Superfan versus Stapes. We're going to get to play poker afterwards. And for people who can't be there, by the way, we are still going to do that online free roll. The Sunday afterwards, which I think is the 1st of October, uh, we're going to have a $5,000 free roll on stars and there will be $100 bounties on myself, Matt and Joe because it's episode 100. Wow. And like when you say Superfan versus Steps Live, is that going to be like Roman Greco wrestling? Is it going to be darts, arm wrestling? What what are you going to go for, Joe? Um, wow, that's interesting, right? Since it's live and in person, we can come up with with something we can do physically. I think that's a great idea. Push-ups. I love it. You know. Yeah. You know, I'll sit on your back. James can sit on the superfan's back. Let's let's go to town. Should I open the show with 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 a tight five? I I why not? I think everyone would love to hear your tightest five. Are you talking about trousers, by the way? Is this your top five <laughs> tight trousers? I haven't I haven't like missed the story here. I was talking about stand-up, but I really don't want to do it because if it sucks, then the whole show is going to suck afterwards. So I, was, <laughs> I was mostly just joking. Yeah, don't set yourself up for that, mate. That's a great idea, Joe, to do stand-up. That's on the running order. More details to be confirmed. <laughs> he didn't write that, you didn't write it down. He just he just put the pen near the paper, Joe. He didn't write that down at all. Because Good, I've glad. lodged it in my brain, and uh, unlike Mr. Stapleton, I remember things. I think this is awesome. I'm really excited for this. I've done one live podcast before years ago. Me and Huff did Huff and Stapes lives live. It was one of the best nights of my life, so I'm really looking forward to this. You know, I appreciate we're going to have people who listen to this show who obviously aren't in the United Kingdom, who maybe aren't in the London region, but that's why we thought we'd give you plenty of warning, just in case you were crazy enough to want to come down to Leicester Square and watch this show. Tuesday the 26th, 26th of September. Details will be on our homepage, pokestars.com slash podcast, and from Friday the 18th of August, tickets available. Remember, two per PokerStars customer uh, via the Stars Reward Store. Don't cost a single Stars coin. Okay, well, for the rest of this show, we are going to be looking back at a movie from 1965. This is one of our classic movie Mondays. Now, just to clarify, Joe, is it compulsory that people listen to this segment of the podcast on a Monday? No, it's just classic movie Mondays. Come and on, do they have it's, to like, watch... it's like the year of Romania. And do they have to have watched the film on a Monday? Oh, I didn't think about that. They only have had to watch the film on a week that contains a Monday. Okay, I think oh. everyone's going to be all right with that one. I, I think like it. the main detail there is it does help if you've seen the film. So I was yes. going to yes. issue a couple of caveats here. Mm -hmm. If you have not seen 
the Cincinnati Kid and have no interest in hearing our thoughts on said movie, you might want to just scrub through this section of the podcast. And also, if you haven't seen it and have some intention of watching it in the future, be aware that we're going to spoil everything about it over the course of the next 15 to 20 minutes. So again, you might want to scrub forward through the rest of the podcast. It's worth you cannot. You cannot talk about this movie without talking about the ending. It's absolutely impossible. So mute now, everybody, if you don't <laughs> want the ending ruined. Uh, just to put this in a bit of context, I first saw this movie back in 1991 when I had an old VHS tape. Wow. And I, it's always been a movie very close to my heart. It's There's a lot of things wrong with it. There's a lot of flaws with this film but i don't care because it really ignited my early interest in poker when i started playing in like 1992 1993 this film had the same effect on me as i think rounders did for so many people when they saw that for the first time in the late 90s early 2000s now joe had you seen this before this mission or are you actually reviewing this for the first time I have seen it before, actually, because I went through like a little bit of a Steve McQueen phase when I discovered old movies, um, but it was after poker. James, were you able to follow what was going on in the poker back in 1991? Yes, because I already knew the basic rules of poker. I mean, maybe I didn't understand some of the raising and re-raising wars as intricately, and it's funny watching it now. I spotted a few things where I'm like, huh, but overall, no, I, c- I could follow it for sure. Is it a first time for you, Matt? Or yeah, I watched it for the first time ever last Monday. Oh, ironically, so I was I was sticking to. It. I thought I thought those were the rules. I'm glad they've been clarified. Yeah, I I I was aware of the the name. I didn't even realize it was as old as it is. But no, I had I had not seen it before. I'm what? almost scared to go first though because I kind of I I, I want to hear what fans of it think before I before I wail in. Okay, well as I said, I do think it's there's a lot wrong with it, but I also think there's a lot good about it. Um, one thing I spotted is that because it's a period film, because like The Sting, it's set during the Depression, again, it has that advantage of not having dated too badly, bar a couple of stylistic elements, which I'm sure we'll come to later. But no, Matt, you have to kick off. You've seen it for the first time. We need to get your fresh perspective on this classic. Okay. And then James will tell you how wrong you Yeah, I know. That's why I didn't want to go for it. No, <laughs> no, to be honest, I thought it was weak. I really enjoyed the poker scenes yeah. the, the main big poker confrontation i enjoyed the style of it there was lots of real hammy waka waka oh my gods there was lots of like over what did you think of that hilarious cockfighting scene matt as I, an animal lover oh my god that was horrifying and totally like what the fuck is this doing in well, this film? The comedy music over chickens shredding each I other was to bits about to ask the question matt whether you watched the international version of this movie or the uk version because this scene is cut from all uk prints of the movie oh Oh, I didn't even realise that. I just got hold of a version. I can't even... I don't even remember what was written on the disc. I literally went, oh, cheers, mate. I'll get this back to you next because Monday. <laughs> I have the American Blu-ray, but actually watched this film via iTunes while on a train to Paris. So I was watching the UK version for the first time in years, and I'd forgotten that it has the scene, but all you see are the reaction shots of the people in the crowd. You don't see the actual cockfight itself. Uh, and, and it goes on for, like, ever... And it feels like quite a short film where almost nothing happens in it. Yeah. Um, and I guess my main criticism... I mean, yeah, the cockfight thing was absolutely fucking atrocious. Um, but my main criticism is almost nothing happens and there's no kind of moral. And at the end of it, everyone goes, nah, oh, well. And the girl, 
the girl that he's really horrible to goes, oh, let me throw my arms back around you. And all of the money that he's lost, they go, <laughs> never mind, the end. And what? you're like, what? Let's be honest, the weakest thing about this movie is the central love story. All the scenes with Steve McQueen and Tuesday Weld are boring as hell. Yeah. The whole love story is completely unnecessary. And it's interesting. So you saw the version where he goes off with Tuesday Weld at the end of the film. And, and in my research for the, the quiz yet to come, I found out that that was not the original ending. No. And for years, the VHS tape that I had had the original ending where after he loses the contest against the shoeshine boy and he goes, you ain't ready for me yet, it just finishes on a freeze frame of Steve McQueen's face, roll credits. So it's a double downer. Uh, and, and, and I actually would have had more time with that because at least the moral of the story yeah. is if you're a loser, you're a loser. <laughs> and it's like if you're going to be a big Bobby Big Bollocks gambler, you are at some point going to go broke. And even the shoeshine kid that you didn't have the time for earlier on and you thought you were so smug about, even he has an edge on you. If it stopped there, I'd go, there's a lesson there. But the fact that he walks around the corner, it's like when the girl that he's been horrible to turns up to hug him, I'm always waiting for some guy to fall out of the sky and goes, here's a thousand dollars. Good luck to you. It's like th there was just absolutely no downside to being at all as far as I could read in the context of the film. Yeah, I think the key thing to say about this film is, as someone who studied feminist film theory, it would not pass the Bechdel test. The female characters in this film are not overly positive. As much as I like Anne-Margaret as a physical specimen, neither... Hold on a second, you got old lady fingers there. That old battle act, she's, she gets <laughs> okay. a couple of good okay. fingers. And here is my, here is my theory. Sooner or later, we're going to have to talk about the last hand in this film, yes. right? Do you think Ladyfingers is in on it? In the same way that Slade got to shoot her to make him deal in favour of the Cincinnati kid, do you think that maybe the New York money that was all on Lancy Howard maybe got to Ladyfingers? And her whole act of constantly riling him as a deflection tactic to make you not think that they're in league? Do you know what? That would be excellent and would add some plot to the story, but I think you're doing way too much good work for some really yeah. shit stories. I am just trying to work out how you could have such an epically ridiculous cooler in a game like Five Card Stud where well, you get a full house against a straight flush. Matt, did you... Did you read on the Wikipedia page that that actual hand playing out something like thirty-three billion to one? Yes, a straight flush versus yeah. a full house. I, By the way, can we talk about the fact that this includes everyone's favorite poker variant, no five, limit five, five card, card stud? stud. <laughs> I, do you know what the thing is? It took me a little while to even work out what game they're playing. When it started, this is ironic because we talked last week about me doing the whole poker school online stuff. And I think the week before that conversation, we'd done seven card stud. And when the first camera comes into the TV and you can see there's a whole card and the card's been dealt out and the guy goes, there goes the flush, here goes the straight hit. And you go, and I thought, hang on a minute, they've only got one one down card and on the hands over. And I'm thinking, this is such a shit variant because it's like, well, if <laughs> yes. I'm showing no pair, my big bluff is that maybe I've got a pair. And if I've got a pair showing, if you can't beat a pair, you may as well just fold. And it's just... I thought, what a really strange variant. Maybe I'm I'm not understanding the nuances of five card stud, but what a weird game to pick. Well, just to a quick distraction, a quick side note, there is a variation of five card stud. I think it's known on your side of the Atlantic, Joe, as Canadian stud. In Finland, it's known as sukkah, where if you have four cards to a straight or four cards to a flush, that beats a single pair. And that is an interesting twist that makes the game much better. Ah. 
Um, okay. But no, Five Card City is the game. I actually think the film gets off to a really strong start because I love that opening poker game and I love the dialogue. It's the way the guy accuses him of cheating and, and goes... Great dialogue in the first, I agree. He goes, yeah, he wouldn't put in $194 with a lousy pair. And Steve McQueen's deadpan response, you, you did. did. It's great. Yeah. And also there, there are some other great lines in the film. The classic... You just paid the looking price. Lessons are extra. But I want to talk about that hand. Wait, hold on one second. I want to talk about that line, that line for one second. Oh, my God. I wish that line were true in the current poker climate. I wish <laughs> lessons were extra. I wish you weren't allowed to give lessons at the poker table unless someone fucking asked for and pays you. That is a very good point. But the hand that leads up to that, which I'd never spotted before, is probably more of a kind of... Um, it's more atrocious than the final hand. So let me get this right, okay? Slade, and by the way, I do think the supporting cast in this movie is fantastic. This could well be Edward G. Robinson's defining role. Yeah. I love Rip Torn as Slade. Jack Weston as Pig is probably my favourite character in the entire movie. <laughs> so Slade is obviously in this hand against Lancey Howard, and Slade bluffs the river with Jack High, gets raised by Lancey Howard with Queen High, and Slade just calls and announces Jack High. Now, surely when he gets raised there, it's a re-raise or fold spot. What the fuck is he doing calling with Jack High? Well, that's, well, what, I, that's what I'm saying. Unless unless one of these straight or flush things that you've only just, just explained to me, because I can't pretend I went back to look at No, five that's not stuff. in this film. That's a, As I said, that's oh, a I side see. note. But uh, that's why I don't understand why five-card stud can be anything. Because like you say, if... if if you're if the guy's got queen high showing, why would you call with what is already inferior? What are you going to catch him out? What card has he got hidden from you that makes his hand suddenly not as shit as queen high, which still beats you? I just I didn't get it as strange. It makes about as much sense as them announcing no string bets and then string betting <laughs> on every fucking hand. That is amazing. I mean, that cause when the big game begins, there's some great detail there because everyone is looking at shooters shuffling the cards apart from Eric Stoner, the Cincinnati kid whose eyes are fixed squarely on Lancey Howard, squarely on the guy who he's going to take down in this game. By the way, quick shout out for uh, Cab Calloway as Yeller, uh, who is an, one of the other players in that game. I love the crowd surrounding that game, the way they're all looking on and there's the guy with the binoculars. The idea that there would be this kind of interest around this big game, that, that I thought was is pretty cool. But the preparation the night before where Steve McQueen has got his percentages calculation chart, which is like the old school equivalent <laughs> of a HUD. I, I don't uh, know. Look, I, I think that um, Lancey Howard is really the only guy that's believable as a modern poker player in any way. Like, I like all the rest of the characters. It's weird how, like, prescient his character is uh, and that money is just a tool and, the, you know, the, everything about him resembles in some way uh, modern poker players. Of course, <clears throat> there's, you know, the old school aspects of him, too. But then everybody else is just kind of a cardboard cutout. I kind of agree with Matt that I, there's something charming about this movie. And it was like a bit of a fun watch, but nothing really happens until the last scene. And, yeah. Well... The last scene where we do have this ridiculous cooler 
the straight flush against the full house. And then when Lancey Howard reveals the Jack of Diamonds, we get this crazy crash zoom followed by a fast-cutting montage of faces. <laughs> that is hilarious. Which always makes me wonder if Sam Peckinpah, who was the original director on this film, had been allowed to finish The Cincinnati Kid, how it might have been different at the end. And maybe Steve McQueen would have reached across the table and in slow motion used a playing card to slice Edward G. Robinson's throat. <laughs> and then a woman would be screaming, ah! As blood squirts everyone and then someone pulls a gun and there's bullets everywhere. Wow. This film's so much bigger in James's head. The funny thing I was waiting for, that really cringy bit where the card comes down yeah. and you get all the faces like, oh my God, oh my God. I was really hoping they'd be like like one of the one of the chickens from the fight would just turn to the camera. Like, <laughs> what? But I was kind of like let down. But it, there were points where it was so kind of bad it feels almost like a, a kind of comedy farce. But as I say, ultimately it was fine, but... It, I just find it's one of those real easy, easy films where you go, and, and what was the point of that? And you go, yeah, just to watch some people like play some poker and get a I, bit gangstery with each other. I really like the style of the final scene. Like it reminds me of being on the rail with everyone's got their yeah. own opinion. People are saying things that are very obvious or not so obvious. And um, I, I, Matt, did was that cringy to you before the card reveal or just after? I think there were just lot of very hammy actors and lines and people overreacting in not that exciting situations or underreacting I, I i don't know i can i just just I didn't really work for you I, pretty I much think, i think that's the easiest thing is also considering how impressed i was with the sting you know back when we looked at that and you go wow paul newman really was like awesome in that and whereas i found steve mcqueen one of the things i found in the research for the quiz was him saying you know i said don't give me too much dialogue because i'm i'm much better to look at than i am to listen to and, <laughs> I, and i realized that there are just minutes past where the camera just stares at him yeah. staring at someone and i'm like this this isn't building any suspense for me this isn't le chiffre slightly dabbing the edge of his mouth with a napkin this is just this is just burning time on an already short and empty film for me. That's like, I didn't hate it quite as much. It's just, there are some elements about it. I'm like, didn't need to look at him for as long as we did. I mean, it clocks in at around an hour 40 and it feels long. It doesn't feel like a short movie. It takes its time. And I think it could certainly be pared down for sure. I had a couple of uh, comparisons I wanted to make to people sure. we know. Uh, the bodyguard of uh, Slay's bodyguard. Anyone see Lee Jones there? Yes. Lee Jones is uh, Slade's bodyguard. <laughs> I, I thought Jen that. Tilly has some very Anne Margaret like qualities about her <laughs> uh, in some of the films I've seen. And who do you think is like, you know, Lancey Howard is the man. Who yeah. is our the man? Is it Ivy? Or is it Doyle? Like, who's the one that just everybody wants to be? Like, that it's your uh, like dream to sit down and beat them? I think. Well, probably Ivy from a skill point of view, but maybe Helmuth just from a... If there was one person you'd really want to destroy, I, I think Helmuth would be my choice. I don't think Helmuth handles himself like Lancey Howard. I think there's no. a lot more Dor Brunson in Lancey Howard than there is Helmuth. Interestingly, in a case of art imitating life, I hope you'll notice that there's a player called Doc who takes ages to act on every street. Because <laughs> he's too busy taking notes for his blog. Oh, by the way, I hadn't re never really sunk in about after losing that brutal cooler, the kid then gets this horrible rub down from Lancey. Oh, you're a good kid, but as long as I'm around, you'll always be second best. And then the shoeshine kid really sticks exactly. the knife in. 
Exactly. That's why I just wanted Christian to run up there and just kick his nuts right <laughs> up into his throat. Because I thought that's what you want. But that's why, you know, when I'm saying it was all a bit cringy, it was lines like that. It's like some of the dialogue was fantastic and some of it was all like, you know, while chewing a cigar out the side of your mouth. Ah, kid, you were good, but you weren't good enough for me. Nick, 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 nick. And I was like, oh, come on. I, I- I can't speak to Christian's motivations in putting her arms around him at the end. Now, I do think a better ending is the freeze frame on his face. Yeah, but yeah. I will say I've I've had my moments in life of being – I don't really gamble very much now, guys. You know this. But before y'all knew me, I had some moments where I, I lost a lot of money gambling, money I couldn't afford to lose. And when that happens and you have that sick feeling of why did I do that? I just lost everything. You will turn to whoever it is you think is going to love you in that moment. Like when you're at rock bottom and I can see why Steve McQueen, uh, his character is like, well, I've still got her. And a lot of times those people do take you back. Uh, those but he, people but he fucked Anne Margaret. I mean, well, first of all, she seems like she's just going to believe the story of, I just came in to wake him up because people believe what they want to believe. <laughs> Well, you've already said that the the female cast members don't exactly. I, mean, I think I think the piano player was about the most positive female character I saw because at least she was in charge of her instrument. Both parts are so <laughs> badly written, especially Christian. Um, but it seems, Joe, that you have retained a lot. That you seem to have remembered a lot about this movie. <laughs> so I'm figuring you might fare reasonably well in this week's Superfan quiz. Superfan. Versus States. So you'll remember last week when we advertised that we were going to be reviewing The Cincinnati Kid, we asked people to apply to be the superfan, mm-hmm. and we had, I believe, five applicants, and we drew one at random from the five who applied. I want to make it clear that this was a random selection. I do not know this person. <laughs> I am not related to this person. But please welcome to Poker in the Ears, Henry Hartigan. No! Well, (laughs) something's fishy going on here, Joseph. This is bizarre. First, I get that fake friend book, uh, Facebook friend request from the hot chick Hardigan. (laughs) Now there's Henry Hardigan. The story is not checking out. Henry, to the best of your knowledge, are we related? Uh, well, to the best of my knowledge, no, no, we're not. But um, I mean, Steve go- did once refer to me as uh, your son. So. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You are very well Junior. spoken. Are you over six foot seven? Uh, not quite. No. Okay. No, just just six two. <sighs> Still somewhat freakish, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we go back several centuries and go back to kind of the Southern Ireland. I'm sure we'll find some family connection. Uh, Henry, welcome to the show. Um, the Cincinnati Kid. A movie that you know quite well? Uh, reasonably well. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times, yeah. Why, Why other than for this show, would you watch it for a second time? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I don't, don't really know. Because it's poker, I guess. Uh, within how many hours was your last viewing of that film? Uh, within how many hours? Probably like... Um... 1500 something like that oh right Ooh, okay. i got a chance okay so you've not done any revision for this you're just you're just relying uh, on your the wikipedia in- page of course ah you'll be glad to know <laughs> i did at no point go to the wikipedia page <laughs> he's feeling so know, smug i want to know a little bit more about uh, henry from devon uh w- you, namely what's what's your life like buddy what do you do uh so i'm a master's student at exeter um actually from Ooh. essex uh, i'm just finishing that up now 
and then looking to uh, to go into employment after. What are you studying? Um, I study political theory. Oh man, do we need you? <laughs> <laughs> You're the future of God help us. Uh, yeah, God help us if it is me, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, gr- growing up in Devon, I when I lived in the UK, I dated two girls from Devon, and they were both uh, they were both all right. Let me tell you, how's uh, yeah, do, do you agree? Uh, well, I'm actually I'm actually from Essex, but um, which is much much worse. But my girlfriend's from Devon, and, and she's uh, all right, as you'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hang on, right. hang on, hang on a minute. Whereabouts in Essex? Come on, Essex boys, got to stand together. Whereabouts exactly? Uh, Colchester, Essex. Colchester, Colchester is a fantastic place for lazies. I did a gig in Colchester last weekend, and they were well all right compared to Devon gigs. I can assure you. Oh really? Where were you, where were you doing it in Colchester? I don't know. Am I allowed to say the name of venues, uh, James? Uh, it probably doesn't matter. A place called Pat Malloy's in Colchester. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Big party <laughs> town. Big party town. We always look forward to Colchester just for the ladies. Wow. So we've got the Hartigan <laughs> connection, the Essex connection, the dating Devon girls connection. It's all coming together. The stars are aligning. Uh, Henry, there is a 109 euro satellite ticket on the line here, plus the everyone loves a chop pot hoodie. Your quiz master... Matthew Broughton. Hello, thanks everyone and welcome to the show. So as you're probably familiar with our uh, the way these things roll, we are going to have five multiple choice questions each. You can either just straight off answer and get yourself two points, or if you want to take the multiple choice, that goes down to one point. We always start with our guest. Henry, you can give me a number between one and ten and let's get this thing rolling. Uh, six. Six, okay. Slade, blackmail shooter with an outstanding marker to coerce him into the fixed game against Lancey. How much is the outstanding marker for? Uh, $12,000. Wow. <laughs> Two points straight no, that, off the that bat. That was on the Wikipedia page before you all get a fucking giant boner. Oh, really? So I must admit, I actually, I actually just, while I was watching this film, just kept pausing it if there was something I thought I could make a question out of it. So these, these are all just taken as I watched the film. You can imagine it. I was very annoying to watch the film with because I kept going, pause, scribble, 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 scribble. Now there's a bonus point <gasps> attached here. Throughout this quiz, there will be crap lookalikes that my wife idly mentioned between snoozes. So, you will get a clue, although you might not need it in this instance, Henry. I wasn't sure what nationality our, uh, our superfan would be. So, your bonus crap lookalike. Which crap lookalike did my wife casually mention she thought Edward G. Robinson's looked like? And your clue is star of British carry-on films. Um... I mean, I don't know. Kenneth Williams. No. Any thoughts, James? Sid James? Absolutely. If you look at Edward G. Robinson's character, very, very similar to Sid James. <laughs> okay, Joseph, your first uh, question number, please. I would like it is always coming seven. Okay. Um, can you tell me which 80s comedy action film links the Cincinnati Kid character Yeller and the singer of the film's theme tune? Uh, that would be the Blues Brothers. That would the be. Connection. Go on, yeah, and, go on, impress us. Uh, it's, uh, what's his name? Ray Charles. And. Cab Calloway. Correct, well done. Okay, two points. This, this is, is going very well so far. This is going very well. I'm so sick much- of losing, by the way, Henry. I might, <laughs> I might just, uh, I want that 109 ticket to stay in the budget. Um, I was going to say, you'd realize that you don't get the ticket, Joe. <laughs> He'll find I'm just sick of losing. Um, okay, Henry, another number, please, sir. Uh, three. Okay, 
The first time we see that filthy slut Melba, who definitely needs a bloody good seeing to, she's cheating herself at what game? Um, multiple choice available, don't forget. Yeah, I'll take the multiple choice. Okay, is she cheating herself at Solitaire, Monopoly, Jenga, or a Jigsaw? Solitaire. I'm afraid it's incorrect, James. You... It's the jigsaw puzzle. She's cutting the corners off so the pieces will fit where she wants them to. Oh, yeah. It is genius. Yeah. Now, there's a bonus here. It's not a crap look like. All it is is what fruit is she eating during this scene? Uh, an apple? It is an apple. One point. Okay, Joseph, another number, please. Uh, we'll just take... I'll just... From now on, just go for whatever is the lowest number available. It's fine. Okay, but... number one is still free, I believe. It is indeed. In the film's first poker game... The kid is accused of what kind of cheating? Hmm. Multiple choice available if needed. Yeah, let's go with the multiple choice. Okay, is he accused of marking the cards, collusion, watching other players' cards, or underbetting? Marking the cards. He is dogging the cards. He is uh, one point. I believe daubing the cards oh, is the expression that they use in the. Uh... Oh, maybe I misheard it. I I just wrote down what I heard. Uh, okay, Henry, back to you, sir. Uh, number nine, please. Number nine. <laughs> the kid. Sorry, <laughs> I read this one to my wife and she snorted. The kid wins over Christian's simpleton parents with a card <laughs> trick, which their reaction to it is well beyond <laughs> the delights of the actual. The oh actual man, trick. so good! It's so ridiculous. It's like it's literally like the guy's levitated oh, off the floor. How did this scene not end up on the cutting room floor? I don't know, and it serves no purpose other than to make at least at the end you think, oh, that's why she's gone back to him because she's sick as shit. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, there was a question, wasn't there? So when the kid wins over Christian's simpleton parents with a card trick. What rank of card do both parents pick? Uh, um, Don't forget multiple choice. Don't waste it. <laughs> I feel like it's better to, to guess now. Go for it. Go for choice. it. Do what you need to do. Uh, Jack. I'm afraid it's not. I can tell you James Hartigan picked up two points can there. I, with his... can, I, can I steal if there's no multiple choice involved? Yes, you can, Joe. Thank you for stepping in. He really does want to win this one. Was it a three? It yes. was a three. Just to be clear, does Joe get one point or two points there? Joe gets two points there. Wow, that means he has a 5-3 lead, and well, it's his question. Because, well, in fact, there's a bonus here, because I would say, just taking the jack of the equation, there's still enough options that it's not making it any easier for Joe. There's a bonus, though, that comes back to Henry as it's officially his question. Yes. For one point, can you tell me the exact hands in that trick? Now that you know it's a three... I'm going to need to know what Dad's three was and what Mum's three was as they whoop and holler and exclaim like they've seen the, fire the, for the first the time. The suits. Yes. I'll go uh, club and diamond. You actually managed to get both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was the three of, three of hearts for Dad and the three of spades for Mum. Uh, Joe, back to you, my friend. Oh, you want the lowest number available, don't you? I'm surprised the simpleton parents didn't like cast them out as like a heretic A or witch. Something. Like, <gasps> they did seem thick enough. Joe gets a deuce. Joe gets a deuce, as always. So, expecting a confrontation after the film's first poker scene, what improvised weapon does the kid equip himself with when cornered in the bathroom? Multiple choice. Uh, uh, let's see. Hold on. Let's see if I can remember this. Uh, let's go with the multiple choice. Okay. Was it a toothbrush shiv, a shaving razor blade, a sink pipe, or a large prawn ring? 
It was a, a razor blade. It was for one point. <laughs> Correct. Well done. Uh, okay, back to Henry. What numbers are still available, please? James? Uh, four, five, eight, and ten. Ah, uh, four, please. Okay. What links the film to one of the key ingredients in trifles? Um, Multiple choices available. <laughs> Just I'll, take, uh, I'll take the multiple choice, please. Okay. What links the film to one of the key ingredients in trifles? Your options are bourbon, custard, jelly, or ladyfingers. Um, ladyfingers, right? Yes, absolutely correct for one point. Uh, <laughs> now, there's a bonus attached to this. Ladyfingers are also used in a favourite dessert of James and I. Can you name that dessert? We haven't uh, talked about it in a while, to be honest. We did used to talk about it a hell of a lot. Best dessert ever. How is it that you guys have not talked about this shit on the air? <laughs> oh, we have. Oh, we have. You have, okay. Oh, many times. I remember one final table where we just invited people to send us photographs of this dessert. Yeah, we got quite a good good response from the audience back then. Um, I'm going I'm to go with tiramisu. You'd be yes. absolutely correct for the bonus point. Best dessert ever. Joe, you have a one-point lead, and it's your question. Five, eight, All and ten right. available. Five bar. Which indoor sport does Slade have access to in his house? Multiple choice. He's got a, uh, a gun range. He does have a gun range for two points. Oh, wow. This might have ended the game. There's still one round to play, though. And Is there a bonus? There's a bonus. Oh, wow. We're back to the crap lookalikes. <laughs> now, which crap lookalike... <laughs> which crap lookalike like was my wife convinced to the point of arguing was the actor playing Slade? Your clue, rounders. Think about the actor. John Malkovich? No. Martin Landau. She was absolutely uh, convinced. And once she said it, I could see why you would say that. Rip-torn young Martin Landau. Yeah. I can see it. And I'm going, you remember the old guy in Black, Men in Black? And she was like, no, you're making it up. Google it. I was like, oh, Christ. Anyway, it went on for hours and I've left her. Um, next question <laughs> is... Henry. Henry, what what have we got left, Jim? Eight James? and ten. Eight and ten, Henry. Uh, ten, please. Ten. As the rules are explained before the big game, we learn how long any dead men have to, quote, raise their role and get back in the game. How long are they given? Uh, uh, what's, sorry, what's the scores? Um, you're three points behind, so you're going to need two points and a bonus. And there. there is a bonus on this question. I'm glad you picked this one because there's a bonus here. So um, you need, so need to, to get this right, right? You need to get this right and the bonus, I'm afraid. Um, half an hour? Yes! Well done. Wow! Wow. And okay, so if you get the bonus right, Henry, you've tied the game, but Joe still has a round to go. The bad right. news, Henry, is that the bonus is one of my wife's lookalike questions. <laughs> I don't know. Even after watching the film, if you asked her, who does my wife still think is the actor who plays the kid? Is there a clue? The clue is the sting. The clue is the thing. The sting. The sting. <laughs> So even after we watched the whole film and we talked about it, if you rang her now and asked her, who does my wife still think is the actor who plays the kid? Uh, Robert Redford. Oh, man. It was Paul Newman. Oh. 
Oh, oh you had a 50 now, 50. She can't tell the difference between Steve McQueen and Paul Newman. I'm so it's sorry. It's not over yet because if Joe doesn't get his question correct. It could be stolen. It could be stolen. What, what number is left here? Eight. Joe, you have a date with an eight. Okay, Joe. That would be a first. Anytime a player calls for a new deck, what happens to the old deck? I have a question for Henry. <laughs> yes. Henry, are you going to be a good politician? Or are you going to fight for truth and justice? Yeah, of course. Okay. I believe that they take the decks of cards and fax a copy of them to the company to verify their identity and then place them uh, into a garbage disposal. Ah, oh, you're wrong. Henry, can you step in here and steal this? Um... Maybe. I'm not entirely sure. But do they uh, rip the cards? That's good enough for me. <laughs> they, they are torn in half and into a hat. And there's a bonus. There's a bonus. It's a crap lookalike. Which actor did my wife think Hoban, who is the guy who watches the game from about four feet away with fucking binoculars? <laughs> Which actor did my wife think he was? Your clue is paranormal investigators. Oh, I have no idea. James? <laughs> I have no idea who's it, in She thought it was Harold Ramis, Egon out of Ghostbusters. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, you didn't need it, Henry, because you stole that last question from Joe, meaning the final score is nine points to the superfan, eight points to Joe. Congratulations, Henry Hartigan. No relation. <laughs> you receive a 109 euro satellite ticket and an everyone loves a chop pot hoodie. Thank you so much for coming on the show and competing in this quiz. Cheers, thank you. Thank you very much. And what a pleasure to have someone a super fan who actually knows what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> all right, my babies, that is about all the time we've got for this week's show. Next week, we are in Barcelona. We'll be joined by the new poker stars, Twitch duo Finton and Spraggy, solving mysteries and... <laughs> High-fiving each other into the bushes <laughs> all the live long day. Hey, and if you're going to be there in Barcelona, drop by and be our super fan. Yeah. Why not? And do apply to be on the show as well. Hashtag poker in the ears. Um, and as we said last week, we do think it's good if Joe has a fighting chance and if there is a poker connection. I'm just thinking of some of the quizzes, some of the subjects we've had in recent weeks. Uh, we Wait, have the... sorry, do you want me to have a fighting chance or do you want there to be a poker connection? Because those two things... <laughs> no, because, like, for example, when we had Shark Cage as the subject, you remembered enough about that. When we talked about uh, Phil Luck, that was a good quiz because you know Phil. Jason Somerville, that was another good subject because you know enough about Jason Somerville to be able to answer basic questions in a quiz. So those are the kind of subjects that work for us. Hey, right, Daniel, well, have you, have you, what about a Daniel quiz? You know Daniel backwards. Has anyone ever taken you on? We did do a Daniel quiz, oh, okay. actually. When Kid Poker first went on Netflix, uh, we had a Daniel Negreanu quiz. But look, happy to revisit old subjects as well, providing there is a poker connection or it's something that, again, is so well known, is so broad that it's not going to be a complete shit show. <laughs> well, okay. we're one for one. In that department, <laughs> so let's keep the streak alive. Days without a shit show. One. One. <laughs> I'll change the sign on the office door on my way out. All right, kids. Well, it's time to say adios. Until next time, poker in the ears and eyes from Barcelona for James Hardigan and Matt Browden. I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>